Good morning and welcome to my brothers and sisters at Antioch Baptist Church in Yolanda, Kenya. I just want to thank you for this opportunity to share together with you this study of the book of Romans. And so we want to dive into that in a minute, but I just thank Pastor Dennis for giving me this opportunity and for us coming together, even though we're on opposite sides of the world, to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, because we are one body made up of many parts, but all, all of the born-again Christians throughout this earth are a part of the body of Christ. So we rejoice in that. Let's just open with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the technology that allows us this opportunity to study together, to look at your word, and to encourage one another, to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron, for me to be sharpened by Antioch Baptist brothers and sisters, and I pray that they also will be encouraged and strengthened as we study together this wonderful letter, this most important book in the, in the Holy Bible that we call Romans. We make our prayer in the precious, holy, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Many years ago, I had a close friend and pastor whose name was Tom Dake, and Tom Dake told me that if you had a firm understanding of the book of Genesis and the book of Romans, then you had a firm grasp on the Christian faith, that you had an, an insight that is a great insight into who we are as people and who God is, that he is God and we are not, that he is holy and we are not, and that God's plan for us uh, at present and forever. So I think that your choice of studying the book of Romans is such a powerful thing. The book of Romans has touched so many people Throughout time, uh, I, I think of just a couple that I would mention. For example, uh, in the summer of 386 A.D., or some almost 1,700 years ago, in North Africa, a young man was was sitting in the garden lamenting his his lifestyle that had fallen from what. God had called him to and what his mother prayed he would be, and he was living with a mistress, and his life seemed to have no direction and no meaning, and he started reading the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the church in Rome, and when he did, his life was transformed. He became a born-again Christian and for more than 1,500 years, this person who read the book of Romans in North Africa in 386 A.D. had a huge impact on all of Christianity. His name was Augustine. Another man that was deeply touched by uh, Paul's letter to the church at Rome is John Wesley. Uh, he said that, that as he heard Martin Luther's uh, introduction to the book of Romans, 
that his heart was strangely warmed and that he who had been a pastor for a long time became born again at that moment. And John Wesley touched many, 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 many lives, more than can possibly be calculated by, by man. Uh, God knows, but we don't. And we could go on and on, but the, the book of Romans is so powerful. So we know that that book was written by the Apostle Paul, but we also know that the Apostle Paul wasn't always called that, but that he was Saul. He was a Jewish person. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was trained in Judaism, and he was uh, diligent and vigilant in pursuing Christians and seeking to have them killed. He was holding the clothes when they stoned Stephen to death. But later, on the road to Damascus, I believe that's in Acts 9, he met God, and he was converted and his eyes were opened. At first they were closed, but then they were opened. And Paul became the single most important force for Christianity in all of time since the death of Jesus Christ. So Paul is writing this letter, and it is a letter. It, it was written, uh, Paul actually dictated his letters to what we would call a secretary, Tertius was the secretary who was taking it down, and then Paul signed it. So he would have done that. This was the longest one of the letters Paul wrote. I believe there was originally like 7,100 words in the letter. That's a quite long letter. Uh, he was writing to a church. This was unusual. He was writing to a church that he had never visited, and he had nothing to do with the start of it but he was writing them because he wanted to visit them. He had heard much about the church. Rome was the center of all of society at that time of, of humanity, and all roads lead to Rome, so to speak. So what's going on in Rome touches people all over the earth at that time, all of the known areas of the earth. So Paul is writing this letter to the church at Rome. He had heard of the church, and that's obvious from the way the letter's written and, and what he says. And he's writing to a church that's made up of a combination of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. Jewish Christians meaning people who were uh, of the Jewish race and faith who converted to Christianity probably on the day of Pentecost, and then returned to Rome, and Gentile Christians who had been born again as well. And those two were together, and there were issues because the Gentiles ate things that the Jews didn't eat, and the Jews required certain practices that the Gentiles didn't practice. And Paul is writing this wonderful letter telling them uh, how much he wants to come see them and giving them the deepest theological explanation of our relationship to God that exists in all of Scripture and all of the world, for that matter. So this was a letter. How did it get from Paul was in Corinth, uh, and how did it get from there to Rome? Well, that's interesting because in that day, letters were carried by runners, but Paul, 
entrusted this, the most important letter, the most important letter ever, ever, ever written, Paul entrusted it to a woman, Phoebe, a wealthy deaconess and benefactor of one of the churches that Paul was uh, serving and, and interacting with at that time. So Phoebe is the one that carried Paul's letter from Corinth across the Adriatic Sea to Rome. Uh, I believe that's over a thousand miles, but I'm, I'm not positive about that distance, but it's a long ways nonetheless. Imagine what would have happened if that letter had been lost at sea or Phoebe had been robbed and the letter would have been thrown away. Uh, it just shows us that God's in control. God, all scripture is God breathed. In other words, it's, it's, it may have come out of Paul's mouth, but God is the one moving through the Holy Spirit in Paul to cause the writing of scripture. So he entrusted this to Phoebe. There's nothing special about her. She's just like you and me. Uh, and it just goes to show you when we think about the impact of that letter and it being one of the centerpieces of all scripture, how uh, a humble act of Christian service can uh, have such an important impact on events of other people for all time. So we need we need to be... Uh, always ready to help others and to do things that God calls us to do. So the book of Romans, the letter to Rome, is, is Paul's longest letter, and it's his most uh, carefully reasoned letter. You might say that it's broken down, not, not in the way that Paul wrote it, uh, but you might think of it as being in sections uh, the first section being starting in chapter 1 and going through uh, the end of chapter 4, showing that we all need to be justified before God. That is, that we all have sinned and fallen short. There's none of us who are righteous, and we all need to be justified. That is, to de be declared right before God because God is holy, and he can have nothing to do with sin. And so we as sinners cannot approach God, but we can when we're justified. And so we have a desperate need to be justified in order for us to be reconciled or brought back to God to be in the relationship with God. And so then the, the next section, starting with chapter 5 through chapter 8, shows us the results of justification, both at present right now as well as uh, in, in the future, in eternity. So he shows how, how we're justified and, and the results of that justification and the sure hope that we have. And then in chapters 9 through 11, Paul is expressing his regret that uh, that the Israelites, his fellow Israelites, because he was Jewish, were not embracing the gospel. And he even said that, that he wished that he could be accursed, separated from God if, if his brothers and sisters, uh, Jews, could, could be saved. Uh, what, a, what a great uh, act of sacrifice that was even to think that. 
And he also is wrestling with what does it mean when God's chosen people don't embrace God in the way that he himself has embraced them. God's chosen people are turning their back on the greatest gift ever given, the gift of eternal life, the gift of Jesus Christ, the only Son of God who came and gave his life uh, to ransom, to, to redeem you and I and all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him would not perish but has everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Then the final section, uh, chapters 12 through 16, might be just a model for how we should live our lives, how how now shall we live? Look at what God's done for us. So how should we conduct our lives? And that section starts off in chapter 12 with the opening verses saying, I urge you, in another version it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable to God in our reasonable worship, that we would not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, to give ourselves fully over to God. So this introduction to Romans, which could go on for weeks, I want to kind of bring to a close by looking at the very theme of this entire letter, this entire book of Romans. The theme of the book of Romans is spelled out and the whole story is summarized in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the truth that's being laid out here is God's power for salvation because it shows us the righteousness of God uh, that exists in our sinfulness and our desperate need to be reconciled to God and that when we put our trust in God, the righteousness of God is ours in Christ Jesus for all who believe in Jesus, who put their faith in him. Amen. God bless you, and I look forward to our next session. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to receive and be transformed by the beauty of your word, by the power of the truth of this wonderful book that we call Romans that came from your Holy Spirit to the Apostle Paul who wrote it and sent it through Phoebe to the church at Rome, but also to each of us. And thank you for the impact that this wonderful writing that you gave to us 
has had upon all the world throughout all the centuries since the time that it was originally written. Help us to embrace and be transformed by your living word. Your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of our heart. May we see, receive, and be changed forever by your living word this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.